try again. Of a cold one, and that's right. It's eight o'clock. You're listening to Kayak Fishing Radio. I'm Chip Gibson, also known as the Tree Hugger, and uh, it's Thursday night, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about some kayak fishing, maybe a little chit chat on here. We got a couple of special guests with us tonight. Bring them on here in just a second, but a couple of uh, one quick announcement: the Kayak Angler's Choice Award. Um, Voting is now uh, in, its, in its first week. We're almost through the first week of voting. We've changed up the format here just a little bit this year in that uh, we took nominations for three or four weeks uh, just before the boondoggle, and we got almost uh, 600 folks nominated, people, videos, paddles, kayaks, and all for the 10 different categories in the Kayak Angler Choice Awards. Things like Kayak Angler of the Year and Kayak of the Year, Kayak Paddle, Kayak Angling Forum, the Journal or Magazine of the Year. So things like that. And folks need to go in and vote. All right. Just to clear up a little thing, I'm going to bring in uh, the man with the golden voice here, Mr. Becker himself. Uh, And, of course, he just dropped. So... (laughs) Um, all right, he must have uh, lost his, uh, either that or he took a fly ball. He was sitting out at the uh, ballpark. So well, we'll bring Becker back in in just a minute. But anyways, the Kayak Angler Choice Award is, uh, we do it, we've done it now. This is our third year. There he is. He's back. Was it the music just scared Apparently. you off? Apparently, it was just yeah, too much. You know, the, uh, the intro music just took me by surprise, and I, I couldn't restrain myself to get the wrong <laughs> You hit the wrong button. <laughs> All right. So I, I think Angler's, what I thought was the right button, but apparently it was the wrong button. The Kayak Angler's Choice Awards, and I'm pretty sure that you probably have edited some of the articles because you are the uh, the Grand Inquisitor and um, or the Grand Revisionist, I'm sorry. Uh, but Kayak Fishing Radio and Yak Angler cannot be part of the Kayak Angler's Choice Awards. Is this correct, sir? That is absolutely correct. And, uh, that is absolutely correct. Principles of the, principles of those uh, of those entities, as well as projects they sponsor, also are ineligible. So there's no question of, uh, hey, I'm doing this so I can win. Right. So, and we don't nominate people. We don't uh, nominate uh, products or anything like that. We use uh, SurveyMonkey to uh, capture the data, and the data is there. Uh, but So this year, what we decided to do was we would kind of do it like a survivor thing, you know, like um, American Idol or something like that, to where we're going to vote. And every week, people will vote, and then we're going to chop down the list until the last week of voting. It'll just be like the final five. Now, uh, I think initially we were expecting about 30 or so uh, for the – take the top 30 out of the nominations and all. But we had so many nominations for Kayak Angler of the Year that we took the top 40. Uh, so there were a lot of people with multiple nominations and all, and we took the top 40 of those uh, that were nominated, and those are the Kayak Anglers of the Year. We did not do Kayak Guide of the Year. We had some issues. We talked about it as far as, you know, there's no standardization. There's no sanctioning body or anything like that but uh and basically i think the last two years the kayak angler and the kayak uh uh guide was one and the same but anyway so kayak angler uh we've also got uh the kayak of the year and the kayak forum of the year but anyways so most of them will be chopped down so the top half will continue on into the second week of voting 
Uh, so we'll we'll narrow down the field from 40 to 20 in the kayak anglers of the year, and I think all the rest of them were the top 30 or so. And then the voting, so the voting will close. I believe Mr. Yak Sushi had said the voting he's going to take and close the voting at about 6 p.m. 1800 for you military types uh, or European types that are listening uh, on Sunday. Then uh, we'll reopen it back on Monday morning, and uh, that'll be 6 p.m. I think we're using Pacific time, but uh, that'll close, and then we'll chop down the names, take the top half of all of the categories repost them up and reopen the voting for another week and we'll keep narrowing it down until we get it down to the top five or so and then we'll have a big old vote off like that so over 600 people uh, nominated someone or something in the initial responses and so far in this week of voting we've had over 3,000 voters uh, voting on uh, the kayak angler choice award so great turnout for the first week and uh, hopefully you'll pay attention and you go to yakangler.com forward slash choice to see those and put your vote in. We had some shady votes in in the past couple of years, so IPs are only allowed to vote one time uh, during, the, during the week. So 3,000 individual IPs have been able to vote. So pretty good. Mr. Becker, your thoughts, comments, criticisms? I think the the moves that you guys have made, uh, that Kayak Fishing Radio and Yak Angler folks have made uh, over the past couple of years have moved to address a lot of the concerns that have been expressed by the kayak fishing angler community. Uh, I think that's a good thing. You know, anything like this that starts out as a is an evolution. Uh, there are no light switch moments in, in developing this kind of this kind of concept, especially when it's being built from the ground up. So. Um, there's there's always room to go, but the only uh, the only way to get involved is to get involved. So come on out, take a look, cast your votes, and uh, if there's something that concerns you or something you don't like or something you think should be changed, write it down and send it in. I know that every suggestion that everybody made uh, over the past couple of years has been taken into account and very carefully considered. Um, you know, the answer is not always yes, but there's always somebody listening. So yeah, come on out and, and give it a shot. And uh, the uh, it's bragging rights only. I mean, there's no gold watch. There's no offer of employment or sponsorship or anything like that. It's bragging rights only. And we don't vote. We don't put any votes into it. All we do is publish the results. We're just like the little uh, bean counters, and we count the votes and publish the results. That's it. And uh, I know I've read a couple of uh, postings on different forums across the country. And, I mean, we've got a pretty good list of uh, players this year. We've got New Zealand, we've got Australia, we've got England. I mean, we've got quite a bit of li- quite a list of participants in both the product categories, the forums, uh, the anglers. So it's interesting and it gets people talking good, bad, or otherwise, you know what, if you don't pay, if you don't put your vote, you don't cast a vote, then you don't make a difference. So, uh, it's up to you. So anyways, so Kayak Angler Choice Awards, first week of voting, closes out Sunday, 6 p.m. Pacific Time, U.S., 1800. And uh, then we'll reopen it up Monday morning for the second round. So you get to see your favorite, who uh, who made it through the first cut, and we'll continue it on. It'll go on for a couple more weeks. So take a look at that, yakangler.com forward slash choice, and, uh, and take a look at it and play along. All right. Um, in the chat room, uh, Chris Johnson just showed up. Hey, Chris, how are you? I hope you got your wrenches back. I left them at the front office uh, when they called me back to work last week. <laughs> so hopefully that worked out for him. All right, so we got a couple of guests with us tonight. And uh, these guys uh, visited us and were part of the boondoggle uh, down at uh, Big Lagoon in uh, Pensacola, Florida. Uh, uh, Brad uh, brought uh, the product with them. Interesting product, a uh, twist on, uh, on on a product that's been out there, and I think it's uh, yeah, it's uh, real interesting. I'm going to bring him online now. So we got uh, Chad Brinkley and Brad. What's Brad's last name? Hold on, McNeese. There you go. I've got it. Look at my notes there. Chad and Brad, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing all right, Chad. How are you? 
Hey, man. It's good to have you. Welcome. And you guys are hailing from uh, North Carolina, right? That's right. And I believe, as you said earlier, you're the name Boone. So you guys are in Boone, North Carolina? No, we're uh, we're in between uh, Boone, which is near the mountains of North Carolina, and, and the coast of North Carolina. Hence, the, we kind of went, went real deep with our name, you know, with Boone and Docks, just to kind of represent both of those. And we're sitting right dead in the middle of them in the Piedmont. It's it's you know it's refreshing to see kind of the the artistic flair in a manufacturing organization such as yours. So, but uh, yeah, that's cool, man. So so right in the middle, you're in the middle. Boondocks dot or boondocksusa.com or bdxusa.com, and folks can see uh, the product we're talking about. Explain your product to us, Chad or Brad, whoever's. I think Chad, you're on the phone, uh, right? Well, we will start off with 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 a few products. The T-ball okay. being the, uh, I guess the most popular or the most, um, you know, versatile. But um, where it came from was kind of one of those things that was kind of by mistake. Um, I had, along with my plant manager, uh, we just got into kayaking and both got the same uh, Native Ultimate boat. And uh, 14 and a half foot stuck out way further in the back of my truck than I had anticipated and realized I needed some kind of um, support back there. So I did, did the research, um, didn't really see anything that um, I felt like, you know, was, was where I wanted. I wanted something aluminum, first of all, because I was going to the Outer Banks um, fishing with my, my dad mainly. And, um, you know, the salt air and the salt water, um, it just wasn't going to cut it for me. So luckily we have a, a metal shop here and I did a little sketch and got with my R&D department and we have uh, some good guys here that can make pretty much anything I can draw and um, got some of their ideas and put together um, I guess the original T-Bone which was not for sale, this was just for me and um, you know probably a, a year, year and a half went by and then um, Mark Patterson heads up our NCKSA, and uh, Mark saw it. I met him at a show and um, was talking about some products, and he caught wind of it and said, I really think you've got something here. Why don't you try to make it adjustable, make it, you know, bright, safe color, you know, had his, um, you know, threw his two cents in, and uh, we went with it um, and made like five then made like 10, and then, you know, the rest is history. And it's, it's really surprised us how many people um, were waiting for a product like that to come out. And, I mean, the difference between uh, the T-bone and the bed extenders, the normal bed extenders, uh, yours has this arc that comes from the trailer hitch up. So... Uh, instead of driving around with like a 15-foot-long uh, trailer hitch hanging out the back of it, uh, if you go over an incline or something like that, you're not going to dig that thing into the ground. That's that's kind of the cool thing, I think. Uh, and, and it and it gives a it's a nice look on the back of the truck. Thank you. Yeah, that was another issue um, there. You know, at, on the outer banks, we can drive on the beach, and you know, there's some deep ruts and some bad areas, and so that was another part of it was. Um, the the depart what well, we keep calling the departure angle. So yeah, like you said, you're going up and down hills or pulling out of uh, a parking lot, um, or you know maybe pulling over off the side of the road to hop in a, a river or a small creek up in you know up in the mountains where we are. These little roads and stuff, you don't really have a lot of room to pull over or um, have a great launch site. It kind of gets rugged, um, and so we were willing. Again, for myself, I was willing something where it wasn't going to damage my boat or or my truck, and um, so yeah, we had the, the equipment, um, made the first prototype. Again, I used it for a while, and uh, and yeah, that that curve is our I guess one of our signature parts um, that that we were actually able to patent um, that shape. So um, yeah, that's a big part of the, the design. Now then. So if that wasn't cool enough and, and, and just, you know, a genius uh, event there, then you come up with this outfitter thing. 
And I saw this at the Boondoggle for the first time. And by the way, uh, my pop is like, uh, he was all over that. Like, uh, I mean, so talk to us about the Outfitter. Where'd, where'd you come up with that? I mean, that's well, cool. Well, we were, after we started having a little success with the T-Bone, we, we started and then scrapped the idea and then started it and then scrapped it again. Uh, several, you know, um, sketches on paper of a way to haul four kayaks or the way to to kind of fill up the bed, so to speak, and not have, but some of our customers were laying uh, two kayaks on the bed and then two more on top of them, or they may go to a fishing tournament um, with two kayaks and come back with three if they were successful. So um, we wanted to give them um, a way to, to do that and, and add to our product line as well, and we're wanting to continue to do these things. And um, But uh, we, I guess, I guess the guy that really pushed it um, was another guy that um, we recently we, we recently hired to do some web designing, and um, he's a good outdoorsman and everything, and has some great ideas and has a great eye for design, and um, and he kind of threw um, this concept about using the T-bone um, as the the rear member support and add to it. Um, and then across the, the back of the bed was, was kind of an easy thing to do. So the, the tail end of the second tier of the kayaks um, is supported by a member that bolts to the T-bone that you may already own. Um, so you just pull out the end caps. Um, you'll find threads inside that tube that you can use to bolt this new product on, which we call um, the Outfitter. Um, the out, the outer, the outpost goes across the the bed rails and supports the front end. I like to interrupt and mention that it, he just said a tube, and it's actually it's actually not a hollow tube. A lot of people uh, a lot of people make that mistake in thinking it's a tube, and that we've had we've had uh, questions on the price about that. But it's actually a piece of extruded aluminum, and it looks kind of like uh, basically just 320 degree angles in the shape of a peace sign that runs the entire length of that tube it makes it super strong as well. It, yeah, I was going to I was going to mention that in in that because uh, when you you talk about it being aluminum, I mean these extrusions that you've got in, in those in those cross tubes there with that uh with that webbing in there. I mean, that's that's super strong. I don't think I mean, it's probably stronger than uh than my kayak trailer. So Yeah, nothing um, nothing incredible or insightful there. We we make um, we make furniture. Um, our, our main core business is um, furniture, metal for furniture parts, um, and we do OEM. You know, we're an OEM supplier for um, a number of furniture companies, and that shape is one of our answers to just a simple round um, brushed aluminum leg. So we buy that in long lengths and cut it to size and um, can you know, respond to a, an order of small volume or a quick turnaround by just taking a, this long part and, um, and cutting it down. So we had that, that extrusion in-house already. So there again, going back to my story about how we got things started, um, it was an easy thing for us to, as in our early sketches, to say what can we use for these materials. and you know, lo and behold, we already had this shape, and it kind of worked out great. It was very light, but super rigid. I mean, it's it's just a very strong shape, um, and you know, it was kind of like an easy thing to do. So, yeah, and, and so so for our listeners out there and folks that are listening to the podcast, uh, if you if you've seen the the standard bed extender that comes straight out from your uh, from from uh, from the trailer hitch on the back of your truck or whatever you're using, so this T-bone starts there, but then it has this nice graceful curve that comes up, and it's adjustable uh, so that it, I mean, where some T-bones or some of those uh, bed extenders there that you would use for lumber or something, this thing is extendable, so it levels out with your bed, and then the outfitter thing enables you to not only stack the put two kayaks on that extended on that T-bone but now you've got another spot up there with a bar that goes up across the top of your bed and uh Chris Johnson on the in the chat room there from Pensacola 
he used the uh, the the cover to his bed and just stuck the the boats up on top of that and strapped them down. That worked out, but that that outpost and the outfitter thing, and you know, that's just uh, it's really cool the way it works out. And you got the capability to carry uh, four boats there. And I saw you had done a a picture shoot the other day with a couple of uh, was stacking two uh, pro anglers on that. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. It's a really nice product. But these are not the only products uh, that I see on your website. So talk to us a little bit about uh, what is it? You got uh, rod racks, bed extender, and uh, some fishing items in there too, right? Yes, we uh, another one of the early products that we, we started off with, uh, again, I mentioned the, the surf fishing at the Outer Banks. My dad and I, um, for years would go um, about this time of year and you know, you're fishing for the big drum and all. Um, and then a few years ago when we started having kids, everybody wanted to come in, in the summertime, so the fish to, to catch at that time was um, like blues and Spanish. Um, and the trick was trying to get a, a, a bait further out than, than your neighboring guy throwing next to you. So we started coming up Again, we make the furniture parts. We're we're turning legs um, on a metal lathe, and we started making our own aluminum um, anodized aluminum fishing lures. So, um, started off as a casting bait, um, and we switched gears a little bit uh, because we were told that what we have would work for tuna, mahi, uh, wahoo. You know, you name it. If you could, if you could pull a bait. Um, or a particular fish, then um, these were, by just changing the sizes and shapes, you're able to accommodate a lot of different species by in trolling. So um, we started that. Um, another, and you know that we we've done we've done rather well with them. The baits themselves are are fantastic, um, but it's you know we found that just to be honest with you, it's it is hard to sell a fisherman a new a new bait, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know it's, I think we all have our 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 go-to baits, and um, so you know we, we kind of it is what it is. We, we're we're in a certain certain number of stores, and we're doing rather well with those and the baits. You know the the customers are writing back and um, and sending pictures, and they're they're working, um, but. Another thing we did was um, another early product released before the T-Bone um, was what we call our Moonwalker. So the Moonwalker is a, a beach cart that also uh, can be used in several different um, uses around the home, uh, gardening, um, soccer coach. You know, we, we have several different ways our Moonwalker is being used, but what it is, it's a cart kind of similar to a hand truck, but it hooks to the receiver again. So you're able to take this cart um, off the beach, hook it to your receiver, go park it at your hotel, or if you're like a day tripper like I am sometimes, you head on home with your cooler and your catch and your rods and, and all that. So I'm just uh, kind of browsing through your uh, through the website right now. I see a little bed liner for it, and... So it's a it's it's a it's a pretty cool piece of gear there. You can just stick it right in the uh, in the hitch, and then uh, when you're ready to uh, hit the beach with it, I see you got dualies and uh, a little liner that goes in there. You can stick your cooler in there. You got a bait tray. I know from uh, when I was stationed there in North Carolina at camp, as the locals or some folks would say, Lejeune. Uh, we go out and watch and be out on the beach. Uh, so there ain't no R in Lejeune. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, and there's actually but, uh, if you see you'll see the it looks like sometimes it looks like there's two models and we really we almost have overthought this thing to the point to where it's not as intuitive as it needs to be. Um, it really it, it's really we, we tried to serve a lot of purposes with it. Those, it's like those rod holders that you see on the one cart. They're actually they snap on and they snap off. So you can you can put zero rod holders or you can put 11 rod holders on there you know the uh and then there's so many accessories you know you got a you got a 
a cutting board that acts as, you know, for fishing or if you're not really a fisherman, you, know, you can make sandwiches on it. I mean, there's so many different uses for this thing, tailgating, all kinds of stuff that uh, that, that, that little multi-cart can be used for. Yeah, that's really cool, man. So, all right. And and so now you guys, so you, you, you said it started off. Let me take you back here for a second. So you are a kayak fisherman. Yes. Okay. And, yeah, and while, while I was kind of, I had already made plans. Um, I really was looking forward to boondoggle and had even grown a beard, which I have never done in my entire <laughs> life. Um, and and I, I, I appreciate that because I'm loving it. I'm glad you talked me into it. <laughs> um, but so Brad was just about to die wanting to go so bad. So um, I sent Brad in my absence, but I had already... Um, I had already made plans for that. I mentioned NCKSA earlier. That's North Carolina Kayak Fishing Association, and um, I had already made plans to fish in that in their big tournament of the year, which is the Oak Island Classic. So, yes, I do um, every chance I can get. I, you know, I love. I fall in love with the inshore kayak fishing, but definitely uh, was a fisherman first and. Getting into the kayak side um, is it, just—I mean, it's been a—it's been a world of fun for me. Yeah, and you got you got the right boat for the uh, for the inshore thing with that ultimate fourteen five, and that it, I have I have that I've got uh, two of of the twelves, uh, and hopefully soon we will be seeing the uh, Propel Slayer, which I think will fit right nice on one of those uh, uh, T bones. So, but. <laughs> I have several um, friends that are um, also awaiting that that precious moment too when they get their their slayer yeah. propel. That's a that's a nice boat. It'll be it'll be a fun boat for sure to see uh, it, it, the uh, the prototypes and the and the models that uh, Woody brought to the Boondoggle were quite interesting and really fun to uh, to play with. So uh, if it, they're they're they got a pretty good product there, but. Uh, and and your T-bone fits nicely with the uh, the Hobies too. Our Monday night host, uh, Redfish Chuck, there he's on the Hobie team and PA14. Uh, the way that it looks on the on the T-bone there, uh, real interesting product there. And so, um, where where when you're fishing, you say you're inshore fishing all the time. I mean, are you freshwater or you like to hit the inshore drum? I mean, do you ever get offshore? I hope to next weekend or the weekend after. I have to see when um, my dad is last minute planning a trip. He has a place um, in Avon, and um, and he's planning a trip for me. He's wanting to move some furniture in the house and do a lot of work, and um, he knows he can twist my arm if he allows me a little bit of time to fish. And um, So hopefully in a, in a week or so, um, I'll be going and trying to get offshore. They're catching some really big drum. Um, up there, you know, upper 45, 48-inch drum um, on piers and stuff, and I feel like, you know, I feel like this, you know, why not? You know, I need to, I need to get out there. But um, my, what's I guess closest to me is um, lakes and um, small rivers and stuff, and um, I typically, I'm probably going to get into some, some bass fishing in the spring. Um, right now. Um, I can't shake this inshore thing, and um, you know, just having a blast with it. But crappy fishing—I mean, I pretty much whatever whatever I feel like is is the season I'm trying to do right now. So. All right. Well, and uh, let's see what else we got to see. Oh, still haven't found the charger thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's no big deal. I lose everything all the time. Um, but. Eight chargers and nine sets of keys. And hopefully, Brad, uh, you brought back some interesting stuff so to, to encourage Chad to join us at our next boondoggle. Oh, yeah, he was he was super jealous. I was sending him you know, pictures the whole time I was down there. And uh, I'll tell you what, being down there was really good for, for us as a company because one thing I learned about, about a lot of kayak fishermen while I was down there is they like to tell you their ideas. And that they have really good ideas as well. So I mean, I was sitting there with my iPad, taking notes and just sketching stuff out when it was, was downtime and whatnot, just 
sketching out the ideas they have because, you know, who better to do R&D with than a bunch of folks who are you know, throwing boats on their on their trucks all the time and going fishing. Well, you know, and that's, yeah, it's that's actually been kind of counterproductive, to be honest with you, because a lot of people <laughs> that, that would have bought our product, um, you know, a few years ago, they have made their own contraptions and yeah, really. um, have their own rigging, and yeah, like Brad said, they're the they're the kings of rigs. I mean, they on their boats in their vehicles, they are very resourceful people. Yeah, they're it's like having a bunch of gearheads hanging around all the time. You know, it's like they you, you wind up uh, seeing folks uh, when I was a little bit younger, and we were all. Uh, doing the automobile thing, you know, you could weld fenders on with coat hangers and stuff like that. So, uh, for, if you're in the if you're in the uh, the manufacturing marketing business, it, it doesn't do you much good. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Your product is is uh, pretty. Uh, it's a it's a pretty cool product, and I think uh, you know, folks that don't have that access to that extrusion that you're using for those tubings across there for the outfitter and stuff like that. I think they're going to probably wind up having a little bit of a hard time making that work. So, but uh, yeah, Chris says kayakers share info, boat guys don't. So, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we share a lot of info. So it's not like you yeah, can. Yeah, I'll have take a chance right now. Chris Johnson, he's a great guy. I'm sure as you know, uh, you know, as much volunteer work as he did for the Boondoggle, he also he also put me up while I was down there. I, Chris, I really appreciate you doing that again. Say that on the on the show on the air. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Chris is uh, he he is one heck of a heck of a worker guy and and a great guy to have in your court. In fact, uh, we uh, I think I I talked about it last week, but since Chris is here now, um, a big thanks from from the crew at Boondoggle at Kayak Fishing Boondoggle. But uh, every year that we have a, every time we have a Boondoggle, the main banner that's uh, that's that's flying over the boondoggle for the event uh we 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 take that banner down and we usually have everybody sign it but this time we kind of got caught up in rock paper scissors or whatever it was and we didn't wind up having it done but then we take that banner and we present it to uh to an individual that we think worthy uh and epitomizes you know the 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 kind of kayak fisherman that you always want to go out and fish with and stuff like that and chris uh, received the the honors this time uh, as the uh, key boondoggler for the uh, Big Lagoon Boondoggle, and he hopefully hey, made a good that. choice on that. <laughs> yeah. That's the fastest hey. I've ever lost twenty five dollars. I think was that rock paper, <laughs> rock, paper scissors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and uh, speaking of the next boondoggle, that will be at uh, uh, Crooked River State Park. You go to uh, to uh, gastateparks dot org and forward slash Crooked River. And I'm not sure how many campsites are left, but they have gone pretty quick. So, And the uh, the February boondoggle will not be uh, a boondoggle like the October one because October gives us a lot of time to plan. And, all. in fact, we've, we've already begun planning for the October uh, one and sent out some letters to interesting places that we might want to go. And we'll announce the location at the February boondoggle. And unlike, uh, we won't post it in the uh, the, the brochure, but uh, we uh, uh, at Crooked River is going to be kind of a show up, bring, you know, float what you brought and uh, fish what you brought. There'll be a kind of a, uh, not, not an organized dinner on Saturday night. It'll be more like what we consider for the folks that showed up to the original boondoggles. It'll just be a kind of potluck, bring something to eat. We'll all sit around and. Uh, spend the time if you were uh, showed up Sunday night to uh, campsites one through three or one through four. We were, I think we uh, put about five deer on the on the uh, griddle and uh, on the grill and cooked up a bunch of backstrap and uh, and uh, tenderloins and had a uh, oh probably ten or fifteen pounds of shrimp, uh, royal reds there from Joe Patty's uh, in Pensacola and had a great time they're meeting and talking to folks that evening so but uh there'll be folks there it just won't be an organized vendor village but vendor village will be back and it will happen again at the october event so but uh crooked river should be nice i think uh we 
we fished that area in like late February, March, and it's been a pretty decent time. My weather might be a little bit nippy in the morning, but as the sun comes up and stuff, it'll be it'll be fine for fishing, and the fish will be out there moving around in the in the channels and stuff. So, but if you've not fished uh, big tides, if you're not a an east coaster, uh, I think, and they're not big because it's I, I don't think we're in a full moon uh, time frame for the event, but uh, the tides will be going out in the morning turn around and come back in in the afternoon so you ride them out and ride them back in uh, and don't plan on trying to paddle against them because uh, they'll be moving pretty pretty quickly and I think it's like a six and a half or a seven foot tide for that weekend so it'll be interesting yeah so you guys got some tides over there right yeah Yeah. I saw real tides when I was in Jacksonville Fish for the um, the Jacks Classic. It seemed like their tide swing was pretty strong, especially that time. Yeah, um, had a blast there. Our 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 fishing is a little bit different than um, than some of, that I've seen in um, where you have more creeks and, and I guess well I guess I call fingers areas because um, I'm used to the Aller Banks. You pretty much just have one big barrier island. And then the ocean on one side and the sound on the other. And so as the tide changes, there's not, unless you're at um, at a, a big opening, um, a big point or something, there's, um, it's just, you barely notice a, a tide change. It's just up and down. It's not current created by it, right. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, whenever I was in Jacksonville, it was, it was an awakening for me because that, you really have to know. It's, it's a learning curve. You really have to know how to play that. <laughs> yeah, you you'll uh, you need to for folks that are thinking about it uh, for the for the spring or the early spring boondoggle. Uh, you'll definitely want to uh, pack a lunch when you go out because uh, you, it's difficult to paddle against those tides as they start rolling in and out. I mean, you'll you'll look at high tide where the launch is there at Crooked River. And it'll look like, you know, that marsh grass just sticking up out of the water. And uh, you'll say, oh, man, it'll be some tailing reds over there, and it'll all be good. And then the water will start rolling out. And uh, next thing you know, there's marsh grass just about eight feet above your head. And, uh, and But it takes, I don't know, it takes probably six, seven hours for it to all go out. and then But there's still some good channels in the middle. It's not, you know, Jacksonville. And in the areas around South Carolina and stuff, you can get trapped in and sit in the mud for several hours if you're not paying attention. So, but uh, it's it's a little bit you can you can stay in the channels and you can still when it gets to slack tide you can start working your way back in and stuff. But once it starts turned and you you won't want to paddle against it. So, yeah, Chris is like it beats her one. You didn't even have a one-foot tide while we were down there. It was, like, just current. That's all it was. It was just current. I think it was, like, it went from, like, 0.25 feet to 0.6 feet uh, at the high tide down there. The gulf didn't do much. It just it was, like, just current. So, but anyways, it's fun. And uh, I hope you guys get to join us. And I actually have... Uh, uh, and I'm not going to talk to you on the air about it, but I, I do have—I got an idea for you that I've been thinking about, and it's because of that 14 and a half foot uh, long um, ultimate that uh, that we that we paddle. That uh, I I need somebody that's got some ideas. So, but anyways, Chris says yeah, they've had weird tides this year. So, anyways, that's about it for the wrap up. Now the way we do this, because this is we call this is buzzard row. And uh, we're going to roll around and uh, ask folks, uh, we usually say, have you been fishing? And uh, did you guys fish this week or last last weekend? Either one of you? Um, I did not, no. <laughs> oh, well, okay. How about plans for this weekend? Can <laughs> we make something up? <laughs> yeah, you can make it up. You can make it up. A lot more than I scroll back. I'll scroll back up in the chat room there and look at Chris. He's like, uh, Sunday he had Spanish, Snapper, Sailcats, and Snapper season's now closed. So loads of Sailcats, 36.5-inch red, 
four sharks, but he only landed two. I don't land sharks, Chris. You can fight them and let them ride you around, but then you uh, <laughs> then you cut them off. But Chris is after. There were lots of sharks. We were paddling a couple of days after the boondoggle, and we had a couple of little, uh, I don't know if they were black tips or little bull sharks swimming around us when we were out in the no-motor zone there. But uh, that was fun. Didn't have any wire with us, so we get it. But how about plans for this weekend, Chad or Brad? You guys planning on doing some fishing? What do you think, Brad? I could at the moment. Uh, <laughs> it's been a ride. Yeah, I, I always have to use Chad's boat, so it all depends on whether or not he's, he's waiting on me to win a tournament. I've, I've been trying, Brad. I've been trying. Or to sell me his boat. <laughs> he did. He um, did try. He tried with that uh, Rochambeau to win him a new Slayer, but uh, he he didn't last the first round there. So as soon as he gets one, he's gonna. I know him. As soon as he gets one, he's gonna. It's gonna be life changing for him. But um, he's the way I was whenever I, I guess for a year or so, just thought, well, it'd be nice to have a kayak. But as soon as you get one, it's gonna be. I mean, it's just so. It's it's a different world. It's so much fun. I mean, it's. I feel like a. You know, a kid in the candy land because it's it's um, I mean it's healthy fishing. Everything else I've done is just sitting around or riding a boat, and uh, this is the I guess the only exercise I really get <laughs> these days. Is um, and I don't know I don't realize I'm realize I'm even doing it, so um, that's that much better. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to win him a kayak. <laughs> okay, trying to win him a kayak, huh? Get him out there and let yeah. him win a kayak. Come on, man. So, no, that's cool. Um, how about you, Mr. Becker? Listening to the, I'll give him a second. He see if he'll hang himself oh, up or get the mute mute button. So, <laughs> how about I got you, the right Greg? One. Did you get some fishing in this past weekend? I did not get any fishing in this past weekend, but I was saving it up for this coming weekend. Okay, you're saving it up. And I'll be. Saturday morning is the second of the year of the paddlefishing.com uh, paddlefishing tournament series. It's the South Shore event, uh, which is uh, on my home waters here from the Skyway to uh, lower Tampa Bay. And uh, it's an interesting event. That, this series has turned into it. Go ahead. Was, is that a restricted lure event, too? It absolutely is, and that's where I was headed. It's uh, this event is going to be uh, gambler bass lures. Uh, the lures you will be given uh, the tournament will be uh, a gambler bass tube, and then another one of their kind of a stick bait type things. And uh, typically for bass, but a bunch of us have been out and played with them in the salt and had some pretty good success. So if you're uh, creative with your hook selection and weight selection, you can make them do a lot of different stuff. So looking forward to a good time. The water's uh, cooling down, the weather's cooling down, and the redfish are moving in. Snook are getting a lot more active, so it should be a good time. Very cool. Hopefully they'll stay active for a few more weeks until we get down there. So I, I will do my best to see that they do that. Keep poking at them and stuff. Keep them messed around. You know, keep them out of those mangroves and stuff. Keep them out there on the flats. I think, I think like that is the thing, yeah. Yeah, you got to get up under there and poke them out from underneath the, the mangroves and get them out on the flats, so... But, uh, yeah, Chad, Brad, if you guys haven't uh, seen this type of event, uh, Mr. Becker is from the uh, Tampa Bay area. And paddle fishing, uh, they, they started off the, one of the uh, kind of tournaments where you're only you're limited to they give you the lure that you're going to fish with or the couple of lures that you're allowed to fish with during the tournament. If you lose one, you're out of luck. <laughs> Your day is over. You break one off or hang one up in a tree or something like that, you're going to be climbing the tree so you can continue to fish. But in this one here, as he said, they're going to be using bass lures out there for uh, for uh, reds and uh, and snook. So it's a real cool in- thing. And they do another one over on the other coast there, on the east coast of Florida, with uh, DOA lures. And DOA, though, they give you a whole box of lures, so it's kind of like you can get pretty creative there. But they even give you the hooks. You're not allowed to take anything but your fishing rods and they give you a box, and that's all you're allowed to use for a tournament. So it's kind of fun, real interesting. It, it makes it creative and stuff. So if you've not that seen that, like I'd have a lot of fun there. say again. So that sounds like I'd have a lot of fun at an event like that. Yeah, it well, sounds I'm like I was actually making a decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I would get frustrated the first time I hung one up and lost a lure. Right. I'd be stuck with a hook, and it probably put leaves on it or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it definitely affects it affects your fishing strategy though, because you'll you know, especially if you're fishing a high tide and you're in around the mangroves. Uh, I, the one time that it was a restricted, you know, they gave you two baits. This time you'll have a bunch of baits, and uh, but the the one tournament was uh, was you had two lures, and that was it. And it definitely changed the risk that I was willing to take, uh, you know, throwing up into the mangroves and stuff like that. I, I definitely changed my fishing style a little bit. So it, it turns it into a little bit of strategy as well. A little strategy, that's right, man, strategy. So, all right. Well, that sounds cool. And I think that uh, it's gotten pretty cool here in Atlanta. So I think we might be uh, trying to see if uh, maybe the crappie are active in a little freshwater ponds um, here around the house so i think that might be fun uh got a trip coming up thanksgiving week we're going to be headed down to uh to becker land there in the tampa bay area and uh, do some camping and fishing for the week so looking forward to that i want to thank uh chad uh chad brinkley and brad mcneese of boondocks and the t-bone you guys, I really appreciate you joining us tonight. Like I said, this will be a podcast. It will probably be up on iTunes and in the uh, Google Play section here about 30 minutes after we sign off. And you guys are welcome to uh, take it down and cut it up and use whatever parts of it you want. But uh, like I said, we'll usually have anywhere from oh, 1,000 to 1,500 folks every week that will be listening to that. And they'll be listening over and over to it again. It's funny. When I look at the stats and you see the the shows that are listened to, I get every time. We've got about 600 podcasts that are listed in uh, iTunes right now, and you'll see somebody listening to one from like 2010. So it, uh, it'll get listened to over and over again. But for those folks who are listening on the podcast, you got Boondocks USA. That's B-O-O-N-E-D-O-X USA.com or BDXUSA.com. Did I get it right, guys? That's right. And uh, from looking at your website, I see there are distributors and uh, dealers all across the United States and uh, that folks can find or order right there online for, for your products. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, we'll have uh, it updated tomorrow as well. Oh, yeah, you're going to uh, update it tomorrow, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So we get Virginia, Tennessee, South Carolina, North Carolina, Louisiana, Hawaii. Uh, Florida, Georgia, California, so you guys can get it there or see it online. And the T-Bone Outfitter, uh, really cool product, was uh, there at the Boondoggle. I think if you look anywhere on our Facebook page, you'll be able to see some pictures. Uh, I know Chris Johnson has put up some, and uh, looks like a great product. And, again, thanks, guys, for joining us tonight on Kayak Fishing Radio. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Got any plugs, shameless plugs you want to go out to? Thank anybody, say hey to anybody, anything like that? Hey, Jackson, Sawyer, and Dawson. Uh, y'all are probably in bed by now, but maybe we'll catch this tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Um, what you, Brad? Hey, Zoe, my little girl. Love hearing her name on the radio. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, you'll be, you'll be able to play it for our uh, – we also have a, a – an app for the iPhone and uh, Android devices, or you can just put it right up on, on your iPad or something like that and let them listen to it. So, Awesome. Well, guys, again, thanks a lot. That's boondocksusa.com, bdxusa.com, the T-Bone, and uh, you saw it at the Boondoggle, and this is where you can get it uh, at their place there or one of their dealers or sponsors. So, again, Join us anytime, guys, anytime at all, and uh, we need to uh, we need to see you at the next boondoggle or at least uh, get a chance to uh, go fishing with you out there in North Carolina. Yeah, thank you. Look forward to it. All right, guys. That'll be it. So remember, Kayak Angler Choice Awards, and uh, they, uh, the first round ends up on Sunday evening, so get your votes in. Uh, maybe uh, one of your favorites is just on the edge of uh, – making the cut for the next round, and uh, you got to get those votes in. So if you haven't voted, make sure you get it done this time. Yakangler.com forward slash choice, the Kayak Angler's Choice Awards for 2013.
That'll be it. I'm Chip Gibson. Thanks, Chris. And another guest popped in there, and I saw a couple come in and out. But uh, all you podcasters, listen up, and we'll see you next time here on Kayak Fishing Radio. I'm Chip Gibson. Tight lines. Take a kid fishing. Good night.